Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about midwinter. Thank God that's over. Yeah, yeah. The spring has finally sprung here in lovely West Virginia. It's been in the 60s. Hopefully it will remain that way. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite uh, midwinter activity in the darkest, deepest nights of winter? What do you like to I do? I like to be indoors, mm-hmm. drinking, and playing video games. That's what I like to do. <laughs> that sounds That's what I like to do. I, I got to do that not very often, but that, I don't like the winter. I don't like the cold. I can tell you my least favorite thing to do in the midwinter. It's 6 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. You get up, it's still dark, and, and you gotta go out to start the car, right? right? And then what do you do? You gotta shave that ice off the car. Mm-hmm. That's the worst. That's the, that's the dirt worst. Now in your- and then you're going to work. As an added bonus. Right. It's just like, <laughs> Now, in your previous vehicle, um, it did not have heat, right? So you had to warm yourself with the uh, the warmth of the cigarette lighter, right? Well, yes, that's true. I, the, my truck had no heat. Did you ever employ that at the same time as you were scraping the windows? Did you have the cigarette well, lighter Well, it didn't extend that long, mm. the, the gimmick, the little heat gimmick, mm. and it didn't work that well. But Oh, I, I always pictured that you were physically, like, pushing in the cigarette lighter, what taking you mean, like it I was out, holding the cigarette lighter? Your hand. Yeah. That was not the case, huh? Check that one off the list. There's another one. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Well, it's been a big week here in the world of everythingamiga.com. Dreamcatcher has been back at the writer's block. No, that's like the running block. He's been at the video block thing. this time yeah. around. So why don't you tell us what he's been doing over on the side here? The Dreamcatcher has posted the script from his YouTube video on the gold of the Aztecs. Uh, classic Amiga game. I, this is one I actually know about. Uh, and I, the, uh, uh, of course, it's the usual in-depth stuff. He goes into a, a uh, just a little, you know, throwdown on the video. Have you ever played this uh, this particular one? I haven't played this one. This is one I heard about a long time ago. You know, it's uh, it's okay. It's got some pretty good graphics on it. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't, I honestly haven't played it for a zillion years. But it look, it's a pretty good looking little gimmick, and of course Dreamcatcher is all up in it. Uh, it's funny, I'm looking at his script here, and it's uh, and he, of course he couldn't just put the picture, or couldn't just put the words. He's got the pictures and stuff, mm-hmm. so it's pretty much just like any other Dreamcatcher story, it's top shelf. So, uh, and again, as I say every week, go check out his channel. He's always got good stuff on there. So oh yeah, that, one's up, that was yeah, good the, to go. The Dreamcatcher YouTube channel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, and well, this week in the world of Amiga News, mm-hmm. we've got a couple couple big stories for you. Mm. This first one is a uh, new shooter that has just been released. This comes to us courtesy from our buddy Neil over at Indie Retro News. This game is called Kobo Deluxe. And this is, um, I guess this was a previously existing shooter um, that has just gotten an Amiga 68K port. Okay, uh, and this game looks great, Aaron. Uh, have you, have I had a you chance, heard of this one? I've not heard of this one, but I had a chance to check out this video, mm-hmm. and man, this game looks great. I mean, it looks like it's right out of the arcade. It runs super, super fast. It's a uh, vertical or it's a multi multi directional scrolling shooter. What's a what's an arcade game that does this? Uh, was it? Um, it's I always want to say it's Vanguard, but and Vanguard sort of does it. But we're, what, the one we're thinking of is. Uh, Oh boy, what is it? It's the one where you uh, 
what's the one where you go into the little space uh, little space stations and blow them yeah, up? It's that that's one. That's what yeah. I'm thinking of. So that's anyway, a fun game, too. I like that. Chat, you can help us out if, yeah, you, if yeah, you know yeah. what we're talking about. But anyway, this Kobo Deluxe, uh, it is free. Uh, you can check it out. Um, and um, it has been ported to lots of different stuff. And finally, uh, if you have, I guess you need... Yeah. 16 megs of RAM. And basically, this <laughs> won't run on on anyone's. That's the right. that was the I was gonna say. I didn't want to poo poo on your party. Mm -hmm. This won't run on hardly anything. You have to have a. Uh, it, it says van. Anytime you see vampire recommended, you got problems. That's so, right. That's so, right. But it does look great. I mean, it looks really good. And what it was ported from, I know not. Does it say in there what it was ported from? Uh, I don't think so. Um, but anyway, you can check out the uh, link over on gather.com. Uh, you can click on the link in the show notes and uh, it take you right there. Mm. Um, up next, Aaron, the good times have finally come to an end. Over the past several months, we've been telling you all about this guy, Iraq, the man behind the CD32 and beer uh, compilations. He has released the final, final one of these. <clears throat> so it's been a long road, Aaron. He's released a ton of these yeah, things, it too. seems like almost every week, at least every other week, He's got a, um, a full list of titles, and this is a really a, a top-shelf thing because essentially what he's done is he's taken all of these Amiga games, converted them so they'll run off a single menu from your CD32. So I can think of no better way to, uh, to spend an evening than to get a buddy, get your CD32. Now, the CD32, does it have two controller ports? I always yeah, about absolutely, this. Yeah, absolutely, of okay. course. There wasn't one of those systems. No. Yeah, I will say, if this is... This is the release to get to this, and I'll tell you why. This has this is the culmination of all the other releases in the C32 and Beer uh, uh, family. All of them smashed together with fixes. Also included in this one are uh, which have just came out recently are Barbarian Plus, which we I like Barbarian yeah. Plus, and Tanks Furry, which is another game that just came out fairly recently. Uh, and so those that means you've got I think it's a couple hundred games mm -hmm. on this thing. That's easy money right there. That's yeah. why I always say CD32 for bang for your buck console. There you go. That's that's a hefty total games, and we do appreciate him for doing that. He had a real good run. Hopefully he's not out of the CD32 business. He's just out of the the CD32 and beer business. I was going to say he might have just hit the wall where there are no more games left to uh, left the port. Yeah, right on. That's to, right. But th yeah. th that's great. I'm going to be pulling this one down as soon as I get back to the hizzy. Yeah. 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 All right, Aaron. That's kind of a slow news week here. Well, we land. should probably just a quick update on the uh, Amiga Power. Oh yeah, uh, Kickstarter. Right. Uh, it's doing well. I haven't checked it today. Uh, let's have a look Check at it real that out quick right now. So it looks like uh, they are oh, getting man, closer. Yeah. So with 22 days to go, he has rolled this thing up to uh, 16k out of 20. Mm -hmm. Looks good, boat. Yeah. Looks good. I, I, have, I haven't even donated it. our money to it, which. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get on this oh, yeah. action. Absolutely. Uh, so, because I, I gotta hear, I gotta get some tunes. So, uh, if you are not, if you have not uh, been listening, uh, uh, the uh, Amiga Power album is uh, up on the Kickstarter. Uh, we've got it linked off our news page, uh, and uh, it looks to be a real, a real good album. So, if if you want to uh, hear some good tunes, uh, lend this thing your support. It's got a nice booklet with it. it it's it's uh, all the uh, songs are. Uh, Picked by some of the people that worked in Amiga Power, some of the luminaries, mm -hmm. some of the top shelf musicians that work on Amiga games are uh, involved, and their and their tunes from the games are involved. So it's going to be awesome. I always like to see the, uh, the the top pledges on this, and it looks like uh, 
some of these are already gone. The the the, the eighty five dollar pledge of champions. <laughs> you get everything. I think he comes to your house and he pushes play on the CD player for you. So uh, this looks real real awesome. Uh, like I said, we are going to support this. So uh, so give it your love, mm. Aaron. Let's talk about this week's Amiga game, mm. Midwinter. You know, <clears throat> um, I'd not heard of this one, Bo. Did you? I'd not heard of it. I had heard of it, but I'd not played it, and I had forgotten it existed until it. I had came never up. heard of it at all, ever. I had listened to you know, uh, you know, I'm a big uh, retro uh, gaming radio fan from back in the day, and Chad Monroe talked about this on one of his shows because of the novella that comes with this game. I looked high and low to try to find. I would like to have read this. I couldn't find it. You know, it's funny. I I was on my stream. Uh, Ricky, I think, was telling me the same thing. Uh, he said, "You know, you got to read this uh, this novel." And um, and I looked on Hall of Light, looked on Lemon Amiga, couldn't find it. I looked in the various places for mm. it. I couldn't. I couldn't find it either. So hey, if somebody's got this out here, uh, get with me in the uh, Discord and get, get me in the loop. Cause I liked because uh, Shane said it was a really good book. Uh, so and I'd like to, but I do. I did thankfully that I got the vibe of the book from reading some other stuff. Mm. So <clears throat> let's talk midwinter here, boat. Uh, this came out on the Amiga in 1990. Now uh, this came out a little bit earlier on uh, a, a few other versions, which we'll get to. But Amiga just came out a little like a year or so later. Uh, this shipped on one disc. Pretty impressive. I mean, when you sit down and play it, I thought. When yeah. I, I, I no question. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was developed by an outfit called Maelstrom. Uh, they didn't do a ton on the Amiga. They did a game called Grimblood. They did a, a Midwinter 2, uh, a game called Space Cutter, and Whirly Gig, which mm. I like that one. And um, published by Microplay. Um, of course, this is a one-player sort of a action, let's call it action strategy RPG. It's a triple, I Okay. Think. That sounds about right. Um, this was designed by a fellow named Mike <laughs> Mike Singleton. Now, uh, I, him I had heard of, but it was actually uh, I'd heard of him from another for a game called Lords of Midnight, which I'd oh, heard a yeah. lot about. It's he's on, the guy. He, he's the he's the guy behind this game. Yes. No idea. Uh, he, Singleton was a a British designer who worked mostly on the on the spec, spectrum. Now, n most of these titles don't mean anything to me. Really, none of them do. But I've heard of some of them by reputation. Uh, amongst the titles he worked on were Lords of Midnight, uh, Doom, Dark's Revenge. That's the sequel. Uh, Dark Scepter and War in Middle Earth. Which, that that, that we've one we've actually, we actually got have that. that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's at my house. Um, <laughs> you know what this guy did before he got into game making? English teacher. Really? Yeah, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, th so this guy's actually got quite a rep. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, he passed away from cancer mm. uh, uh, in 2012, age 61. But he had a uh, he was a very uh, popular fellow, and he had a real good rep. And you could, and you could tell part of the reason for his rep in this game because this is not um, this is certainly not a run of the mill game. No, we'll just put no. it that way. This is there's a lot going on here. Um, so. Um, most of the people that worked on this worked on every game I mentioned from that from uh, from uh, Maelstrom, so I'm assuming they probably were so, Maelstrom, yeah, yeah. You know, effectively. Um, so this got converted over to the Atari ST uh, and to PC DOS. Um, again, I know the Amiga version wasn't the first one. I think I think the DOS version was version. Don't hold me to that because I have no way of knowing. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. The DOS version was yeah. first. It Did was you try this in DOS, by the no, way? No, only played the Amiga version. Uh, uh, yeah, I think the DOS version was released in 89. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
Let's talk about this game and, and what and and feel free to stop me when I screw up because this game is complicated and I really had to sit down and try to figure out what in the heck was going on. This is the kind of game you don't play when you before looking at the documentation. Right. So uh, the backstory in this game uh, is summed up and again in a novella that came with the game. Uh, and it was a, uh, and the hope, and just to summarize the novella, because you sort of have to know it to understand what's going on. Uh, it's 2099, and there's a, an ice covering uh, the entire world. It's ice and snow, all right? Um, basically, long story short, a meteor hit Burma in 2040 and caused an impact winter. Um, it caused uh, global cooling, the population decline uh, because of famine. And so this game follows a, a island called Midwinter Island, uh, and basically um, there's a local militia called the Free Village Peace Force. Okay. All right. That's the F. Would you see this in the game? At the FVPF, uh, and a fellow named General Masters is attempting to take over the island that you're on by force. Right. So uh, the object of this game is. To rally your forces by recruiting uh, local persons on the island to your cause, and at the same time, basically through guerrilla warfare, prevent the takeover of the island from this guy. Is that pretty? Is that basically the way That's you read exactly it? Exactly right. Um, <clears throat> so that in itself is pretty complex. Any game that comes with its own small book. It's pretty good. I mean, I mean, that's someone put some thought into it. Let's put it that way. Uh, so, <clears throat> basically, you start out as a fellow uh, who is going around and uh, trying to recruit these people. Um, there are tons and tons of characters, and I didn't write them down. I mean, there's like uh, I think there's like 32 different people you're going to talk to in this. Uh, you are you start off as uh, Stark uh, and John Stark. And you are uh, presented with your guy. You've got a couple of different options on controls. There's a there's a training game, then you play, or a, just play the game. That's pretty much the opening menu, and it's not much to it. I played with the mouse. I'm guessing you probably played with the mouse That's too. That's the, the the instructions recommend that you play with. Well, I didn't. I read some reviews of this game and some uh, and some facts about it that said don't even bother with anything but the yeah. mouse. Yeah. And I can after playing it for two seconds, you can see why. So. Basically, and again, jump in here. If I did it differently than you did. Um, you start off uh, in a, with a map, and this map will tell you it's a map of the island. It will show among, among the many things it shows are the enemy and people that you can contact. Mm -hmm. Right, uh, and you uh, are tasked with going to recruit these people. Now, uh, that doesn't sound too complicated, but uh, the game has a unique way of doing turns and time. And that is you have basically two hours to perform a task. At that point, uh, the two hours is up, and then basically you move on to the next turn. Uh, the, the, your, your next, if you have multiple you have, people in your party. That's yeah. right. So, for example, if you take, if you go find and recruit another fellow within the first two hours, you will then be allowed, you will be able to uh, use either one of them for the next two hours. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, tie, so basically what the game was trying to, to simulate here is simultaneous island-wide action. Right. Okay. So uh, 
if you have 10 recruits, which I never got that many, but if you did, uh, you could have you would have 10 people doing 10 different things all over the aisle. Mm-hmm. Now, um, that in itself is pretty complex, but there's more. <laughs> Each person that you recruit uh, has a specific skill set. Mm-hmm. They will be better at some things than they are others. Uh, the guy you start with, Stark, is pretty good at everything and extremely good at a couple of things. Uh, but other people may be good at, like, uh, I don't know, demolitions, for example. Uh, and um, that person will be handy to use for other certain things. Uh, so why don't you talk about how you actually get to the people? Okay. So you are started at a random place on the island uh, at the beginning of every game. So sometimes you'll be right in the thick of things. Sometimes you'll be on a more remote area. And what you have to do is you have to use the map to determine the location of your nearest person. The game uh, basically tells you, uh, the the instruction manual, apart from the novella, is not very long. This is not like Sim Life or, um, no. or you know, in one of those games where you have a 40-page manual. I mean, this manual might be 10 pages. Um, and <coughs> what it basically tells you is that, listen, you need to find other people. Those people need to recruit other people so you can start winning the island back for team you guys, you know, and away from this guy that is that is trying to take over Masters. the island. Masters, yeah. right. Um, so this is where the game kind of... Um, it's where the the ideas that were in, uh, in you know in the genesis of this game kind of outstrip the execution because one thing you'll notice is that right off the bat you're being attacked um, unless you turn off the mortars and the bombers your entire existence in this game you're going to be relentlessly attacked by these planes by other um, by other uh, snow uh, crawler type things. That is one of the options on the main menu, which yeah. I always turn so off. So if you turn that off, then the game is basically you driving around, finding people, having them join your team, and you can go around and you can blow up different buildings, okay? Um, you don't have to do any of that. Uh, the headquarters, the enemy headquarters in this game, your only objective is to destroy the enemy headquarters. The enemy headquarters is located in the southeastern, I believe, part of the island. Um, and once you blow that up, then you've beaten the game. So you can literally start the game, find yourself a, uh, a fox, one of these uh, snow, snow speeder things, uh, go to that building, blow it up, and win the game without recruiting a single person. <laughs> now, see, I read that you could do that. Yeah. But I didn't do it because I knew that would, I didn't want to, but I mean, I, I read that and I, people did complain. Right. Yeah. So um, it, it makes you wonder, you know, what the, what the whole point of the rest of this stuff is. Now, once you do recruit other people, you'll notice, like you said, they have all of these different skills and all these different things. But I never ran into a situation where it was like I was trying to blow up a building with somebody and they didn't have a high enough demolition ranking to blow up the building. It seems like that just always happens. I believe, me. you know, anytime you do something, for example, I'll give you a couple examples of how I think it works. Because this is complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, if you go to fix one of the vehicles, you have if you're using a guy who's particularly um, proficient at that sort of thing, it will take less time. Oh, okay. That uh, makes sense. And I think that's, I think the people can do these things, but I think it will take more time. Something else that is an interesting um Element to the game is the uh, is the relationships that the 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 uh, re- people you recruit have with you and and of course you really you're all of them so the, their interplay is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, 
I did not ever recruit everyone in the game. I don't know how oh, many. Oh, me neither. I mean, I recruited, you know, I could recruit 10 people. I think the most people I ever had at once was like 12 people. Uh, and because I'm not going to lie to you, it took me a while to get stuck in on this thing. Mm-hmm. I really, I mean, when it starts up, I was just like, it's almost overwhelming. Yeah. There's so much stuff going on. And this is another one of those games where they try and explain all of the game concepts and icons. And sometimes the icons are indicative of what you think they might be, and sometimes they're not. And right. even just maneuvering around uh, the screen, your basic action screen can sometimes be difficult. Uh, but so the, the but the relationships you have with the recruits, uh, for example, if you're playing Stark, again, there's a couple of people that just straight up don't like him. So when you get a strike, when you try to recruit them, they don't, you know, right. And what I've what I've read is that the key is to get the girls to do most of the recruiting. Well, <laughs> mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. Uh, and and some people uh, uh, require other specific people to recruit them. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's uh, you have to uh, when you read when you pick some when you get these uh, these other uh, people there's a big long written. You know, set up. Well, it, it talks about him. It mm-hmm. says, "Here's you know, here's what's going on with this guy." And so you have to kind of pay attention a little bit. Now, it wasn't. It didn't become a super hassle for me because I, I didn't get super far in. But I mean, if if you're trying to get every guy and do all these different things at once, uh, you're going to have to pay attention to who you're recruiting when. Right. Um, right. We haven't touched on how you travel visually and what you do is, and Boat sort of mentioned it in passing. Once you've determined um, you, where you want to go, right, or and maybe you're going to recruit someone, or maybe you're going to blow something up, or whatever, then you go to like basically like the action screen. Mm-hmm. Now the action screen is it's just uh, usually the way the Amiga is used for th- rendering 3D. The 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 actual visual window is smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will, there are multiple ways to move around. There's the fo- of course there's skiing. Mm-hmm. Everything's snow, so there's skiing. Then there's a snowmobiles of various sorts of like boats. So there's a fox, there's a wolf, and a cat mm-hmm. uh, that you can use. There's also a cable car. I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever took one of those. Yep. That's pretty cool, yep. I thought. Yep. And there's also hang gliding. Right. Now, um, hang gliding, I didn't get. I mean, I, I thought I tried it for fun. And yeah, I, didn't I, get I died immediately. I just crashed. And I, I read the... some tutorials, and they also said hang gliding was extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. So your mileage But it's vary. neat that it's in there. Yeah, yeah. Know? And so when you're in these three-dimensional screens, uh, for example, if you're skiing, you will basically be restricted to a viewport the size of a ski goggles mm-hmm. on the screen. It's still, it's plenty to see what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and then you will go, uh, and, and movement's kind of funky when you're skiing because you sort of take the mouse and kind of got to go yeah, forward. It's, and it's, it, it's real, it's, I mean, it works, but it's, I know I had, I guess my first big gripe with the game was getting around on the skis uh, was, a pain in the butt. Yeah, and I don't know if it was meant to be a pain in the butt, like to give you more of an incentive to go and get a better vehicle. Um, but I, you know, the the train in this game, one of the big features of the world map, which is really the nexus of everything, is yeah. that it gives you the topography. And you can see that there are some very high peaks in this game that you've got to kind of negotiate. And so uh, skiing is definitely difficult. And, and driving a vehicle <coughs> is equally as difficult because... Did you ever have a vehicle in this that you didn't wreck? No. I wrecked every single one. Yeah. Because you'll be bebopping along, I'm going 40 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And then when you wreck, you also can get hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. you, as far as I can tell, you can't be killed. Right. But you can be mauled. And um, the way that it works are you kind of have two, you've got like a fatigue meter 
and then you also have like are your bones broken yeah like that sort of a thing and if you um you, you get kind of an outline of your body in one of the screens in your in your information screen and if it's if it's orange like if your head is orange that means your head is not broken it can be repaired but if your head is is <laughs> it's red to see i mean you can continue on but you're in a bad way when you're when you're skiing it kind of gives you this out it kind of gives you a, a figurine of yourself as a skier you're mm-hmm. just kind of like in mid ski right and as you go it, it will drain more and more of or fill up. Basically, you, you could there's a meter that that gets smaller and smaller until eventually, if you're still skiing, when the thing runs out, you just basically you flop over because yeah. you're unconscious, you're tired, you yeah, have to rest. Once you if you turn off the mortars and the bombers at the beginning, you can kind of take your time and, you, and and this is just another thing that's just kind of weird about this game. It's like. The guy wants there to be conflict, but he also gives you the opportunity to turn it off. I think probably a, a better happy medium would be, you know, put some planes on the island, but don't make them constantly attack you every single time. It's also sort of wacky that in this game, uh, you can take multiple missiles and rounds from this uh, from this from this plane right in the face and and, and and live to fight another day. But one well-timed shot from your rifle can bring down this plane. Yeah, so. I, I'll be honest with you. I played with the planes and someone one time, mm-hmm. and I turned them off. I was like, I don't need this. Uh, so, like I said, you've so let's put it in perspective. You find where you want to go on the map. You find where your nearest contacts are. You uh, you travel to where you want to go, and along the way, you may come across the enemy. Right. So, what do you do? Well, you attack that sucker. Right. Grenades. Just hit the old space bar. Toss mm-hmm. a grenade on, blow them up. It's good times. Right. Um, eventually, you'll get if you get to where you're going to, you'll get there. Now, normally, your contact will be in like uh, some sort of facility. Right. And there are various facilities rendered in different ways mm-hmm. throughout the land, right? And they're all drawn in 3D. Yeah, and and, and it, I mean, this game has that, uh, uh, you know, wireframe 3D mm-hmm. thing going Virtual on. Virtual fighter I mean, type it, I, thing. I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah, actually, I was yeah. pretty impressed with the way you it know, looked. You know, it really reminded me of that game Hunter. It did. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was. I think the graphics were better, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. And it ran. Um, it, I ran on the 1200. It ran okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard mixed results on slower stuff, but it ran okay. I yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that this would be pleasant to play on anything slower than a 1200. I, I, and I ran it on. I ran it on emulated. And it, you know, you know, it ran. It ran fine as well. Yeah. But but yeah. So either way, you're good to go. Um, when you wreck your vehicle, there's a coin or there's a little animation of the thing <laughs> falling over. So there's a little, there's some animation mm-hmm. that if you blow up a building, I do like whenever you're when you mount the skis for the first time, you get a little still shot of you on the skis, looking yeah. awesome. It's a very '80s kind of uh, thing. So when you get to a, a facility, you'll be uh, there'll be various things that you can come across when you're there. Um, a garage. Uh, a police station, uh, store. There's a church. church. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a, there's several different things, and some of these places are marked industrially. Um, and then you can go in and try to recruit the person, you know, talk to them, and you'll it'll say like, you know, I, I can't wait to join your merry band, or like, right. screw you, you know, basically. Uh, and uh, again, it's it's basically based on your inter- what your character's interaction with this person's been in the past, like. Uh, he's got a girlfriend. He's got a girl that's got a crush on him. They don't get along, mm-hmm. you know. You know, blah blah blah. And, and it goes on down the line. Like I said, thirty-two guys. I mean, think yeah. about it, that's astounding. I mean, this is you could tell that uh, he probably wishes that. You know, I wonder if he ever thought to himself. How many people truly explored this world that I've created for myself, and how many people figured out they could beat it right away and then never went back to it? Well, I, he's. I don't wonder how long it took before that that information got out. Well, I mean, you know, the the enemy headquarters 
is, uh, you know, it's it's there on the map. And, you know, in I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, like Boat said, if it, the theoretically, when you gather enough forces and you've got enough stuff going on, you can make the final assault, which I never did. I never got that far. Uh, the, uh, what did you think of the of this simultaneous because there's a synchronized watch mm -hmm. sort of screen and then you and then you go and you and you're going to pick these guys and it's all happening at once what did you think about the concept of playing 6 10 12 20 people that were doing simultaneous acts um you know on the one hand it's very ambitious mm -hmm. um i didn't understand you know on movies and stuff whenever everybody says synchronized watches i never understood what that meant and it always kind of bothered me that i never never understood what it meant um in this game, I think, you know, it, unless you're keeping careful notes about what every person is doing, because the landscape, as you look out across, you know, whether you're on a snowmobile or skis or whatever, it all looks the same. So you're not going to be using any visual clues to remember what these guys are supposed to be doing. Right. So you kind of almost have to keep a notebook next to you and be like, okay, Maria is going to go over here and she's going to do this thing. And then, and, um, you know, I can only imagine, I never got to the point where I was managing a huge team, but I could... It seems like it would be a lot of work for maybe what would be a little reward. Um, it would have been nice if they would have put your team members on the map in a way that um, you could either putting their names on there or making a different icon where you could just see where everybody was and when you hovered over them you could see who that person was. Um, but anyway, they did. Different times. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I want to specify one thing <coughs> when we talk about this. Um, Having, I feel like we've dipped the toe in the pool of this game because there is depth here that I did not perceive. I've read about it, but I did not perceive. I mean, you've talked, you're talking about um, uh, um, missions and stuff in this that are that I never saw. Radio jamming and demolition missions and and uh, 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 the you know combat stuff that I didn't, I just didn't get to. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that this game could have benefited from? Uh, almost kind of a little mini game instead of like whenever you demolish the building instead of just clicking on a thing that says demolish maybe launching into sort of a north and south style mini action game where you have to run into the building and, and place the explosives well I mean I might think that's more fun but I don't think it would fit the game to be mm -hmm. honest with you from what I mean for what he was going for something here you know um, I, something else I, I'm, I was never sh quite sure of is how the things I was doing simultaneously was affecting the overall game. Mm -hmm. Like I never, I never felt, I never knew exactly what my actions were causing to happen. Yeah, that, that, it, that, it's so, almost, it's almost as if, uh, well, you know, there is a, um, a screen where you can see how many facilities the enemy currently holds. Right. You know, you can watch those numbers go down. But it would be nice to see almost like a graph or something like you get in SimCity is as you start to retake the island, you know, colors start to shift or you get some sort of, um, you know, um, visual feedback. Of that. I will say that now there are there are lots of this game that I like. I'll tell you, when I start, first started playing this, I was like, it was tough. Mm -hmm. It was tough sledding, no pun intended. Uh, but there, in a small way, there were parts of this I enjoyed. Uh, and one thing I did like was when you're going out to um, to meet a teammate or to take care of business somewhere and you're out in the white, it, you did get this feeling of isolation mm -hmm. that worked. Yeah. And the skiing and stuff worked. It, I did not like the controls of the skier, mm -hmm. okay? But <clears throat> when I got going in the right direction, 
it was very gratifying to see the place you were heading for come up over the you know oh yeah and and you do have to you know you go to your main map and you kind of set set a, a, a heading you're yeah i'm going to head southeast and then you kind of have to track it on the mini map it did in i like the way that the the locations do pop up as you traverse to them um and when you did reach a place it was you felt like an accomplishment i mean this is this there's no fast travel in this thing and if you if you run out of energy right before you get to the facility you're screwed yeah you just fall over mm -hmm. now um something else occasionally you'll have to and this happened to me a couple times you would get to a place to to uh, meet a contact, and he was captured. You had to blow him out of yeah. there. Yeah, you know, so that was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, the heads up display and stuff are pretty useful. I mean, there's a lot of gauges and gadgets. One, well, and basically a lot of it's there just to help you steer your skier mm -hmm. around. Um, so I, there are parts of it I liked. I would have liked the control to be a little bit better on the skier, and and you, and you would also it was real easy to wreck that skier. Even if we were not on a vehicle, just on skis, you mm -hmm. could still wreck. I also not with occasionally I'd get so excited that I was going to find the building that I'd ram into it. Oh yeah, you know stupid well, guy. Style. I used to uh, I used to not know. I think it's X that takes you to that screen. I used to just ram into the building because I knew that would take me to the, to the screen that I needed to get to. Vintage yeah, boat, right? <laughs> that was you were always the agony of defeat. You guy. know, it's funny. <laughs> I used to do the same thing with my lawn tractor in my garage, like my, with my car. I uh, I used to park my 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 lawnmower nose out. And I would know that I'd pulled my car far enough in that the the garage door wouldn't hit the back of my car if I just gave a little love tap on the uh, on the nose of the thing. And then Eep saw me do that, and she's like, "You're wrecking the mower. Stop doing that." Yeah. <laughs> Thank so. God for Eep. You know the old man. We used to we had a riding lawn mower at, my, at mom and dad's house. <coughs> the old man ran over. This this actually can happen. Who knew? He ran over a rake and knocked himself out. Oh my gosh! And, and the tractor just kept on going. <laughs> Oh, so this was not one of the ones that the new ones school, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, that, that stuff could happen. Uh, but, uh, so, control an issue. Now, I will say this game had uh, really no music no. and very little sound. Uh, again, it was on one disc, uh, and so I'm sure they were smashing everything they could possibly fit on this disc in there, but, you know, eh. A little ambient noise when you're out there. Well, there is ambient noise. I mean, sound. Is, I mean, like mu ambient music. Yeah. Some, some kind of like atmospheric tune. The the Amiga has a tenuous relationship with in-game music. It's which is hilarious considering it's a musical right. ability. It doesn't, right. it doesn't make a lick of sense. Um, this game, uh, like I said, we had sort. It sort of had a sequel. I've heard this referred to as a uh, spiritual sequel, if not. But I mean, it's called Midwinter Two: Flames of Freedom, or just Flames of Freedom. I didn't look at it. I, I know I've heard that uh, it addressed some things and made them better, but I, I know what we'll to have a look at sometime. Uh, so I mean, I think there's a lot of game here. Um, I think you know it's we we run into a lot of these games where maybe the interface could have been better, but it's the you know it's 1990, right? And uh, and and this is the way this is this is cutting edge mm -hmm. uh, at the time. And but uh, this is one that probably. Uh, if you were to remake it or modernize it, you could probably get something out of it. I mean, aside from the fact you could update the engines and whatnot. And I mean, it's actually, uh, it, and I, I would like to have, a, like I said, a, a, a deeper understanding of how what you your actions affect the overall map mm -hmm. and, and what's going on. I mean, I, uh, but uh, it was it's, it's a tough one. I, like I said, I, I feel like I scratched the surface on this one. I mean, I think I got it, but not fully got it. You right. Know what I mean. Um, a lot of people enjoyed this game, uh, however. Uh, Lemon, the folks over there, gave it an 8.16, which is a very good score. 
the reviews for this thing were pretty good, Boat. Um, Amiga Action uh, gave it an 86. Now, Amiga Computing looked at it in 93. Uh, a, a second look, and they devalued their original 1990 score from 96 to 60. Wow. So, so it's funny when they do that. Amiga Format gave it a 92. A CU Amiga gave it a 96. Uh, these are huge scores. The one gave it a 72, and your Amiga gave it an 82. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting game. You know, I, I don't know if it's, of course, this, I don't want to say it's not my sort of game, because I could kind of get into it, mm-hmm. but... I'm going to need a little more time on this one. Well, over on our Discord channel, uh, we had a couple of user reviews, and uh, they, were, they they rated it on the whole a little lower than the uh, than the uh, the magazines of the day. Lobsterminator says, uh, awesome concept and ideas that still spark my imagination, sadly ruined by awful controls. Strategy portion is good fun, but every time I need to steer a vehicle, I get frustrated. <laughs> one of my top candidates for a soft remake. Six out of ten. There you go. And Chris Folds says, Amazing concept and idea that was years ahead of its time. It is sadly not dated well, which makes the action pieces seem cumbersome. Still a groundbreaking title that deserves lots of respect. Six out of ten. Would love to see a reboot. The funny thing is the action portions of this game where you're you're at shooting and, uh, and and sniping, which is another thing you can do. They're not bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the Amiga can pull this off, which is why I got such good scores. I think uh, it just uh, uh, is tough. This is the this is the type of game that should be played on the Amiga. You know, we talk all about you know there we we play a lot of games that uh, as especially later on into the '90s as the Amiga was so desperate to capitalize on the uh, the, the platformer mascot craze. This is why you bought an Amiga. Games like Midwinter. You're not going to get this kind of an experience on any console. I mean, they just couldn't handle it. Yeah, it the NES yeah. didn't get a quarter of this. Right. I agree. Right. And, and uh, this takes it, I mean, in a lot of ways, this doesn't take full advantage of what the Amiga has to offer. I mean, clearly it wasn't made here first, mm-hmm. That's not, and it, which is a shame, because I think if you, make, if you make the Amiga version of this first, this is your pilot program, then you got... You got you can harness more of what the Amiga could do. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, did you look this up on eBay to see what was going? Oh, on? Oh, I did actually. I did. Hey, guess what? This is gonna blow your mind. I found American copies of this boat. I was stunned. I was stunned to find them. So in the states, you can get the just the disc twelve bucks, and you can buy the box copy sixty six bucks or best offer. Hmm. Uh, and in the UK, of course, it's as usual. Uh, I found uh, box versions, and now some of these, the cheaper ones, are the like uh, value versions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Sixteen bucks, uh, thirty-five bucks, fifteen, twenty-two. You know, take your pick depending on what you're after. There was kicks put a re- put a version of this out. Like I said, it's a, include also in some compilations. So you're getting this in a compilation, you're probably getting something pretty good because that's a pretty you know straight up good title. Yeah, I mean the fact that they were able to squeeze all this on one disc, that's that's probably the answer to the music mystery right there. Is- yeah, I also probably before we question. I did enjoy the uh, the uh, copy protection at the beginning, where you see mine <laughs> skipped entirely. Yeah, over it, that, it, it asks you to identify these people, and it's mm-hmm. got because every every person in the game has a picture. Right, you got to figure out who they are, and you got to have the book to figure out. So that's pretty clever. And yeah. when you do it, it's like ah, oh, you passed the recognition test or whatever. Now, Aaron, last week I was feeling under the weather, and uh, not like today. Not like today. Fired up. Yeah, as <laughs> I continue to hack my brains out. Um, he's, he's gold bricking. I uh, what does that mean? Gold bricking is that that that's that Beyonce hey, song, right? No, no, that means you're uh, faking it. Oh, yeah. 
Why would you say gold brick in it? That's Dang. like gold bricks are a good thing. That's a Bobby Heenan gimmick from back in the day. It's a real, that's a term. Look it up. Okay. I'm old. What do you want? Um, gold bricking. We did have some winners, which stunned me, uh, Aaron, because as you recall, last week I just did some beat poetry. Yeah. There were no winners after that. <laughs> there, were, there were only survivors. Um, and uh, so both Pac Billy and Eric Nelson actually got, I was doing, I was doing my interpretation of Mike Myers, and so I married an axe murderer. And they got it. They got it. So Pac Billy, Eric Nelson, you're man among men. That what is, can I say? That is a beyond obscure. Yeah, I was not expecting anybody to get it, but they were, Pac Billy was on it like right after the show. Pac Billy Eric, has eerie power. Eric Nelson had to let it kind of percolate. Eric has. In the gray matter. We should talk about Eric real quick. I've been listening to his uh, show. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm knee deep in the hoopla here. And they are uh, they're amassing all sorts of goodies, spectrum goodies, and uh, uh, it's very entertaining. They actually opened some packages this week, and I, I got a big kick at listening to it. Really? That's yeah, because there was booze included. Pixel Gaiden, right? Pi- uh, Pixel. What, what, is that what, is that what it's called? Yeah, Pixel Gaiden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You've literally. Had to- I thought that was just an expression you were throwing out. Oh, <laughs> Pixel Gaiden, yeah. like, ting. Go ahead. So this week, if you know this uh, Patreon song, you can send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com. We do want to thank all the people that support the show, whether you support us with a little or a lot or way too much, like some of you. Um, so here we go. <sighs> Andy, Jones Lob, Sturma, Nader, Crack McClellan, 10 Minute Amiga, Retrocast, Counting, Virtual Sheep, Bernard, Quinn, Retro Man Cave, Tim Drew, Daniel Williams, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Letter, Rob O'Hara, Howard Nibs, Matthew Lara, Moore, Andy Craig, Dan Gasonzo, Darren Lomax, Colin, 41 Bar- Barkbit, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Dan Ross, Leaf, Kellan, Alvin, Kebab, Chicote, Level of John Marshall, Matthew Perrone, Ricky DeRoche, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy, CTC, The Slow Norris Stefan, Sorgard Mortensen, Ed Villain Elland, Blindo 75, Christopher Hassel, Brother Albert, Chris Falls, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Shore, Regret Late Tencent, Adam Battles, Bill Bronze, Retro and Vintage, Gary, Hucker C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Alan Kebab, Tapes from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, T.H. Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy Humberstein, <laughs> Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warren's Pixels at Dawn, Kjell Bjorn Barman. You and I got that one. Good. Right. Yeah. No, you're not. Woman. Whoa, man. Whoa. This is more man. beat poetry. Have you ever seen So I Married an Axe Murderer? God, no. That movie introduced me to the Bay City Rollers. Well, and you like it, do you? I do. I do. S A T U R D A Y. That's all they got. That's right. That's all you need. That's all they've got. Weren't they a, uh, like a monkey style band that were put I think together? So. I think so. I think they were from Australia. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They had like two songs, right? Yeah. What's the other one? Sunday night. So, <laughs> they covered the whole weekend. <laughs> you know, I just remembered something as you were singing that that I wanted to mention. Now, uh, 
and Midwinter was supposedly, I think, was going to have a remake. I did read this. It was posted up uh, as a Kickstarter. It was going to be posted in 2015, and apparently it is dead in the water. Mm. That's one thing I wanted to mention. I knew I'd read that. So if you've been waiting uh, patiently for this, it doesn't look good. It's, it's been no no uh, no news for several years. That's so, yeah. disappointing. But so since someone did mention the possibility of uh, how it would be a good it would be a good choice, I think for a remake, but. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. Yeah, mm. um, I do want to remind all of you that we record this show live uh, every Friday, except for next week when we're not. Uh, but we're recording live right now, so if you're not here now, why weren't you? Uh, want <laughs> 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 to thank uh, Ten Minute Meager Retrocast for joining us in the chat. Retro Tech and Toys, Pixels of Dawn, Michael Ryan, Dazzly, Picard, Two Thousand Five, Lobster Terminator X, Barkbit, Henrik H A Anderson. Will Williams, Ricky DeRocher, Neville Overman, Michael Ryan, Dylan Gardner, Pixel Vixen. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us in the chat. Uh, we really uh, are happy that you're here with us. And uh, we're also happy, happy that you're listening at home whenever you find time. Uh, make sure you check out our sister show, Our Sinclair, and our sort of second cousin twice removed show, ARG Presents. <laughs> well, you're really, you're really downplaying that one, aren't you? <laughs> ARG is the best show on the Oh, network. yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Um, next week, we are going to do another, and you love these games. These are public domain. Public public domainia 3? Yeah, in honor of WrestleMania Beautiful. this weekend. What do you got? Scorched Tanks. Oh, I've heard of that one. And Super Foul Egg. Okay. Scorch Tanks, another that's another one, Shane Armand Rowe. I heard a lot about that one oh, from his okay. show. Yeah. yeah, so it should be a good show. Yeah. I always enjoy a good PD. Uh, and so we'll see you next week, guys. Until then, adios. adios.